Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. I am Ken. Jonathan. Scott. Julia. Jeff. And this time we're talking about a classic episode, Doctor Who, The Reign of Terror, 1964, with William Hartnell as the Doctor. And what do people think about this one? Well, it was fun. I don't know if that's what you really think. <laughs> I don't want all that detail, Jonathan. Give me something else. I liked it. Yeah. It was not very sci-fi-ish. It just felt like just watching an old uh, mystery. I found um, it very boring. Yes. <laughs> I did, too. It was very stilted and not very well acted. Yeah, I would say um, the whole idea of them getting rid of the classic episodes stems back from the, to this one because this is definitely one that went on too long. Um, and I'm a big fan of the classic series, but this one um, never really has piqued my interest. One thing that confused me was that in the first story, An Earthly Child, she has a book about the reign of terror and she opens it up and she's like no that's not right but then you know a few weeks later she's actually there so it's like she was there before she probably was because she explains to ian or barbara says oh we'll probably be here a while because the reign of terror or the french or the french revolution is the doctor's favorite point in earth's history so they, i'm sure that they must have been there a couple more times but they didn't get into all kinds of trouble and shenanigans like they did in this story. But we don't know. Right. <laughs> so, um, there were two episodes that were missing and replaced with animation. I, I right. didn't see the animation, I just saw my version only had a description of the missing. Was that the one where Kieran Ford does the description? Right. Because that was the VHS version. Yeah. The animation looked okay. I mean, it was the details pretty good because if you look in the background, you can see the candles flickering. So yeah, I thought the animation was well done, but since this is a historical, it's kind of um, a shame because I think that lends itself really well with um, stories like the Moon Base, Tenth Planet. Like I think it was the same production company, and it's really cool to see animated Cybermen. But for this, it's just a historical, some blokes walking around and. French, French 17th, 18th century. Yeah. Uh, the animation made everybody look a lot more sinister than they really were. I thought everybody was on the verge of being taken out when they were all in that living room area. And there was a lot of side-eyeing, close-ups of the eyes, like side-eyeing other people. And I thought, okay, somebody's going to die. <laughs> and nobody did. Because it was, I don't know what they were trying to convey with that kind of animation, but it, whatever it was, wasn't what was actually going on. There, there definitely was a lot of detail, because all the sets had detail, as opposed to when they did the one for the moon base, where they didn't really put that much detail into a moon base, but they had to do a lot more with this one, with all the detail of all the, the houses that they were going in, and the jail, and all that. So the detail was actually really good. Yeah, the animation was good. Yeah. It was just they made to look more sinister than it actually was. Well, Hartnell does have that kind of sinister look sometimes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that look when he hit that guy with the, the shovel in the bag, it looked like he was enjoying it. It's like, wow, 
<laughs> he did look like he was enjoying himself, and then he was laughing afterwards. It's... The um, uh, I have to admit that I really didn't watch this episode, uh, so I didn't do my homework. Um, I listened to it today as I was doing some other stuff, and I would glance over at it once in a while. And it was a, there was a lot of talking in this one, um, a lot of like it's very typical of a classic historical because they have to put in the well we have to kind of follow along with the history so we have to continue to talk about that and, and make sure the audience knows that they're learning a lesson and then there's the typical split up got captured he takes off they just miss him they go take off they reunite they get captured they escape they get, divide up and that's Six episodes of that, but then it's a classic. Yeah, first I know. Era formula. I know, but I, I think a lot of them did better job in this one. Um, this is probably the weakest of the season, maybe. This was the last story of season one, so I probably yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess there could be arguments with Keys of Marinus or Sense Rights, but oh, but this one. Um, God. And I know that the biggest fan of historicals, except. And I'm contradicting something I said earlier today, where the funny ones were actually pretty good, even though I don't yeah. like humor in Doctor Who. The, 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 they make it bearable, I think, for the uh, well, historical. Well, don't even. forget, part of the reason of the show is Sidney Newman wanted some historical stories because he was under the. He wanted to teach people stuff because yeah, well, he, was he wasn't into those bug-eyed <laughs> monsters and. Yeah, well, he's wrong. So um, yeah, it was wrong because no. it, the, the, the historical ones well, are just. I, I thought I thought Aztecs was f incredible. That was a really good episode. I find that boring. Though. No, see, Aztecs, I think I really that's one. Of, that's the first historical. Well, that's also yeah. well, part a stronger them. story because he's trying to teach Barbara a lesson. You can't change history. Yeah. Plus, it was only four parts. Yes. Well, yeah, this could have been four parts quite easily. Yeah. yeah. I and, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I don't understand. Susan's role in all of this. Her role seems to be to scream and cry and complain a lot. And get sick. And get sick? She gets sick a lot? Okay. Yeah, it was well, on that episode she did. It was her, she must have drawn the small, the short straw and was the one that was left out. Because if you notice, when, it, because of the larger crew, someone always gets, well, besides Ian, gets locked up and is like pushed to the side. And that's one of the reasons why she left the show. Oh. She leaves in the next season in, the, in Dog West Point, which is the second story of that of season. And is she really his granddaughter, or do they just say that? We don't know. There was some. Uh, there's been some mention that they just didn't want to have an unescorted. That at, at that time to have an unescorted single woman, to, you know, traveling with a man would have been a bit scandalous, but. But she's a schoolgirl, right? I mean, that's right. the Barbara and Ian were her teachers. Right. Yeah, but they landed. The doctor and Susan landed and stayed on Earth for a while, so she went to school. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I guess they said in that first episode, she was really good at some stuff like history and stuff, but really didn't know anything about anything else because she was not from that time period. But or she was too smart. She was good at si yeah. she was too smart at science. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But yeah. she didn't know how many shillings were in a pound. Uh, and I think she was supposed to be 15 years old, and the actress herself was maybe 22, 23. Yeah, she was in her 20s. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I guess from what I remember from the story and everything, definitely Susan was upstairs sick most of the time. Was she? Yeah. Did she miss an episode? Was she on vacation? 
So I mean, did the actress go like they do that a lot? Yeah. Where the characters get knocked out or whatever, they don't come back for two episodes. I mean, it's because they're on holiday. I think she was in that different <clears throat> one episode. Yeah. So that might have been yeah, part of it. Yeah, that does happen because, especially during the Troutman era, he, the doctor would be knocked out for all of one episode and he's actually on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, J- well, we'll get to this later, but Jamie has chicken pox during the mine robber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Arno was missing during. Um, tenth, pl- uh, was the tenth planet? Most of the tenth. Most of the tenth yeah. planet, because he was like uh, pretending to be sick because he was mad at the director or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think whining is a big part of Doctor Who. Like, w- of, I would say a lot of the female companions are really condescended to, especially in a lot of classic Who. Well, especially by the first Doctor. Yeah. Well, it was the sixties. Yeah. It was a different time. Than right. It might have. It might have. Not seemed unusual at that time, but to me, to me, that's how it appears now. I just thought it was odd because Barbara seems much more resourceful, and I realize she's an adult, and and Susan is supposed to be a young girl, but you know, she when they're in that prison cell, and and Barbara finds like the spot in the wall that's soft, and she starts to pry at it, and then Susan says, "Let me help," and she just like picks up the the <laughs> lever and goes, "Oh my." Ah, oh, there's a rat! Yeah, freaking out over the rats. And I mean, she's from Gallifrey. Why would she be afraid of a rat? I know. Especially since she stayed in a junkyard for a while. Like, yeah, in the first Doctor Who, she should be used to some amount of rats from that. She, Susan just wasn't ever written well at all. Mm. Yeah, and it's not the actress's fault. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying it's her fault. It's it, Yeah, the writing was just... And if you ever see Caroline Ford, she'll, she'll admit that. That yeah. she was written. That's why she left. Yeah, I mean, her best episode would have been the Sensorites, and they were starting to develop a superpower for her in the Sensorites, but they never, and I, when I remember seeing that, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I think they can utilize that, but they dropped it completely. Yeah. Or she had, you know, some sort of empathetic connection with, I don't remember. So this is an ongoing issue with Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, Things yeah. getting dropped and not picked up on, yeah. and female characters written poorly. and. There's not a lot of continuity in the... Um, I shouldn't say that because they all most of the classic episodes, especially the first few seasons, they lead into each other. Mm-hmm. They're still wearing the clothes from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. They're still dirty and stuff like that. But there's a lot of not. They don't deal with continuity that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do a little bit, but um, yeah. So there's a lot of ideas that they new people come in, new writers, new directors, and they go, "Yeah, we, we'll just make a trip and." fall and break her ankle. I mean, didn't she do that in Five Doctors? Yeah, in Five mean, Doctors she stumbled over a bush. I mean, they just kept her turtle in the TARDIS for the rest yeah, of the year. I mean, that's it's odd. Fun. No, it's not. because Well, it's odd because everyone by the time Five Doctors came out knew that that was one of the problems with the original series, yet they still did it. Did they do it kind of like, wink, wink, here we go. Yeah, they you also know? kept the male companion Trillo in there, too. Yeah, because they ran out of things for them to do, I guess. What's, what's the Five Doctors? Is that a yeah, classic episode? the 20th anniversary episode of Doctor Who. It came out in 1983. Oh, okay. And mm. it has all, well, four of the Five Doctors. They recast the first Doctor, Richard Hurnall, and Tom Baker didn't want to be in it, so they had to use footage from Shada. So they had to redo what companions go with which doctor so it was basically like a big special when they brought a bunch of old companions back it was sort of like a Gallifrey thing um, where they were pitting 
the doctor up against some Daleks and Cybermen, and a couple of companions were there. And Susan's running, and there's a flat field with just a little bump <laughs> in the middle of it. And you could see it, and she just goes right, boom, right over it and trips. Yeah, so almost. If Tegan was there, like, yeah. you could figure if they actually had the camera on Tegan's face, she'd probably be like, oh, God, right. Yeah. <laughs> or Jenna Feeling's face. So what? What's up with that? <laughs> if you ever get a chance, you should watch it. It's, real, it's a good one. Yeah. And it's only one... Story. It's not. It's one ninety-minute story. Was yeah. William Hartnell dead by the time? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. He died shortly after the seventy-seven. I think. Uh, earlier than that. He was yeah. born in nineteen oh eight. Well, I know he died shortly after the three, three doctors. doctors. He was in seventy-three. So it was maybe like seventy-five, like two years later or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, um, but back to the Reign of Terror. <laughs> in its fairness, it wasn't meant to be watched. In one sitting, because mm -hmm. back then you're supposed to watch it from week to week to week to week to week. The so, serial. so <clears throat> it being six episodes was probably just filler to finish off the season. And I think most of the British school children were probably thinking, "Where are the Daleks? When are the Daleks come back?" The whole time. <laughs> probably because yeah, because if it wasn't for the Daleks, it wouldn't have been any Reign of Terror. <laughs> so what? Since I haven't watched all the classic Who episodes, were there aliens in the first season? Yes. Yes, the, okay. dog, the dogs were in the very second story. Okay. That saved the show. They and, had okay. and then the sense rights yep. and the board. Keys of Marinus from all those, the yep. plant creature there. But yeah. it had, unless you count, you know, the... Honorly Chow is a historical. They had like four historical stories with Marco Polo, Aztecs, and Reign of Terror. That's like one of the episodes I want to see the most is Marco Polo, but part of me fears that it might be you start watching it and it's like, oh great, this well, is another seven Reign of Terror. Episodes. Seven episodes long. <laughs> but it's not meant to be watched in one season. Well, I know, but it, it is. So, I mean, I'm not. I think that's going to be pretty boring too. It was also meant to be watched on a black and white TV with really small. I mean, we screen. can't sit there and, and excuse us. Not a No, but I mean, we can't excuse it because, you know, we're not put watching it in the conditions that it was meant to be watched. But Unless we go out and buy, go to Goodwill and buy like a 13-inch black and white TV and sure. get a, um, an RV set up so that you can hook Hope. your DVD player up to it. A full immersion retro experience. I did that one time. I, 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 I got like a black and white TV and I watched the Tomb of the Cybermen on it and it was awesome. It was like being back in time. But anyway, I, the only other thing to note with the Reign of Terror that I know of like piece of trivia is that it was the first Doctor Who story <coughs> to use location filming for parts of an episode where Hartnell's walking to yeah. Paris. I noticed that. And yeah. And it was also said that it wasn't him walking; it was like someone dressed in yeah, you could tell like an like a like a double. At least on a big screen TV, you could tell it wasn't yeah, at all. the guy with a wig. Well, he because he was too. walking too well too. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hartnell was pretty old when he did Doctor Who, wasn't Same he? Same age. He was in his fifties. Yeah, but he had lived a hard life. Yeah. I think. Hadn't yeah, he? I mean, he and must he... have vi visited the pubs, and he was also a chain smoker and all yeah. that. So, in the wars. Oh, yeah. yeah, World War II. Yeah. Oh, he was in the war. Everybody was. That's true. Uh, that's all I have to say. Okay. Anything else? Okay. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>